Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back to the Sneakers and Cleats podcast. This is episode six. Got a lot to talk about regarding uh, Victor Wimbanyama, as always, after his Two summer league games up and down there for him. Uh, we got Greg Popovich's extension to talk about, what that means for the Spurs, Don's takeaways from summer league, a whole lot more. So let's just dive right into it. Quick reminder, you can download, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. It helps us out a lot. So thank you in advance for the support. As always, I am your host, Matt Roy, joined by our Spurs insider for 34 years now, Don Harris. Don, how was Vegas? Hot. <laughs> I mean, it's hot everywhere. It's very hot. Get any any uh, blackjack table going on late at night or anything? Dude, I, I was in <laughs> two places. I was in the media workroom at the arena and my hotel room, and that's just about it. Dang, come on. I didn't even get a good meal, man. <laughs> we spent our time between Jersey Mike's and Domino's. That's not bad. People think when you go to these things that you know, you're going to the Bellagio and you're going to the cool clubs and the parties and the – no. It's one. It's just it's five, six, ten deadlines, shows chasing. Now then, there's two breaking stories. There's the Britney Spears thing, and then Pop's contract. <laughs> so we're in Ubers. Here's the here's the cool thing. I did ride in an Uber in the new Tesla X, and it was the absolute coolest car I've ever been in. Really? I could not believe it. The doors opened like the wings on the Batman car, like the you know DeLorean and Back to the Future. And we, Jack is looking at me, my photographer, like, what? And we're like, wow, this is cool. Get in. It's brand new. It's like a spaceship. It's like a spaceship. You know, the, the, there's no dashboard. It's a 17-inch, basically, Apple computer monitor screen. There's like f- five different camera angles of what would be a rearview mirror, but it's, it's like security camera video on this screen. And then there's an overhead camera. That's shooting on the dashboard, or where where would the instrument panel be? Like a cool, like overhead shot of all the traffic around you moving, like in, but it's like a cartoon. It was unbelievable. And then it's got a thousand ho- horsepower. This car, what? A thousand horsepower, because yeah. when the guy took off in traffic, we were like, "Whoa!" I was like, <laughs> and it made no noise. And I I go, "You mind me asking how much this thing runs?" And he goes, hundred and fifty k." He goes, but I got it for one thirty because they had a, a deal here in Vegas, and they give them a rebate if they drive Ubers. Yeah, they do. Uh, I've never met an Uber driver that's driving a Tesla, though. So then you can actually rent them. They give you. A, uh, oh man! And I was just like, never in a million years can I afford one hundred fifty k for a car. But I was just like, the ride was like being on the rock and roller coaster, it, zero to sixty in like a second. And you didn't hear anything. It just pinned you to the back seat. He gave us a little fun, you know, uh, on the street. He, he showed, well, look at this. And he, he hit the really? accelerator. Down the strip. <laughs> it was silent. What it a, was so cool. What hotel did you guys stay at? 
Jack gets Marriott points, so uh, okay. we didn't say anything fun. Uh, well, Jack, Jack loves his points. He does all this travel. He's going to have a yeah. heck of a vacation in 10 years when he yeah. finally takes one. Yeah. So <laughs> If he takes one. Only you and Jack could come back with uh, the best story being uh, your Uber ride. Yeah. <laughs> We're boring. We're both very boring. Well, um, you were there for uh, for business. So the business was a seven foot three um, and a half s- and a half superstar that made his debut. So you were there for all of it, the, from the Britney stuff to him having a great game on Monday or on Sunday. So, what was your overarching uh, thoughts over the few days that you were in Vegas, there, Don? Well, first of all, I mean the energy and electricity around summer league was so different than in years past and. Uh, everybody that I talked to said the same thing. Um, I came away after game one mesmerized with the performance and talent. And I read on Twitter that everybody thought he was horrible. And I was like, are you not seeing the same guy I'm seeing? And that was what all the scouts were saying too. It's people don't know basketball. You know, this generation of fan that gets more excited about Kai Jones's dunk on him than what you see on the court with the ability and what this kid is going to be. It just amazes me. So I came away after game one very impressed. Very impressed. Which like, was not the public sentiment of that Correct. Because he didn't shoot well. Yeah. Two for 13. Who one, cares? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a great game on who, the stat sheet. But. Who cares? The kid has been – he was drafted. And then after he was drafted, he had to fly to San Antonio, do all these press conferences and Riverwalk stuff. He flew to Nike in Portland, had to sign a bunch of contracts, come back. He's bouncing around. He's had two practices with the team. Hasn't played basketball much at all in three weeks. And he's had two practices with these guys. And the whole place is there to see him. He's got all the pressure of the world on him. He's 19 years old, and he shoots poorly. Who cares? I didn't care that the ball went in or did not. I was watching the way he spatially changed the court. He tips the court that is going to be so amazing for the guys like Keldon and Devin. When he's on one side of the court, everything is slanted that way more than any player who's ever played the game. I'm telling you, if you play with him, you're going to love it. Everybody's numbers are going to be better. He's a great passer. He's an, a goalie. There were times that he looked like he was playing on a Nerf goal in his bedroom when he was in the eighth grade. He did not jump on the follow dunk. On Sunday. He jumped, yeah, on Sunday. There's a still shot of after he dunks the ball, he's holding on to the rim still, but his feet are on the ground. On the ground. It's a joke. His length is fantastic. I could go on and on. The play on Sunday in the third quarter where he misses the baseline jumper and gets the rebound on the other side. Mm-hmm. There's not another player that has ever played a planet Earth. Wilt, Kareem, maybe Giannis. There's not another player in the world that could have made that play. It was right in front of me, and Jerry West was sitting right next to me. And everybody just looked at each other like, how did that just happen? Because he covered so much ground and so much height when he jumped, I'll show you the still pictures. Because players don't box it. out nowadays. <laughs> no, no, there was a there was somebody else in perfect position. There was no way he was going to get that ball, and he got the ball and got the and one put back. Mm-hmm. But it was just he was fascinating to watch. Great kid, really liked talking to him. Grounded, um, it was a zoo. But I came away saying after both games, 
better than hyped, despite all the hype. He's not going to win rookie of the year. He's not going to score 25 and 10 his rookie year. But in three or four years, he's going to be the best player in the game. So let's take the uh, the week chronologically a little bit. Um, it started out just about as wild as it could have. Um, he flies out there on Wednesday, I believe, and then out of nowhere, we start seeing highlight or uh, we start seeing headlines on Thursday about some altercation, um, <laughs> some controversy. Let's just say on on Thursday or on Wednesday night with him and Britney Spears, and Stupid. so <laughs> I don't want to give too much air to it. But let's get to the uh, please don't hit me, baby, one more time moment of the of the week. And uh, what what were you hearing as that happened, Don, as it was there? Because I think here we were all just like, of course it's Britney Spears. Well, and, we were going to practice, and then the Spurs told us that we were thinking, okay, because this happened, they're not going to make him available. And everybody was seeing it online and TMZ and all that. Just the opposite. Spurs came out and said, he wants to, he wants to address this. And um, – so I was like, cool. So they bring him out, and the PR staff, Tom James, said, uh, Don, will you ask him the question about Britney so we can get this over with? We don't want there to be a, a whole interview about this. We just want He just wants to make a statement, get it over with, and we can talk basketball. And that's, I'm thinking, That's great. interesting in and of itself that they let him do that and that he wanted to do that. But right, because you, you have to address it. Otherwise, right. it festers. Yep. And so I said, hey, Victor, I understand you want to make a statement. He said, no, I don't want to make a statement. He goes, I thought you guys were going to ask me questions. So I said, okay. What do you think about the Britney Spears thing? What's your interpretation of it? And he answered it. And you could tell he was prepped. He was prepared. He, he knew what he wanted to say about it. But here's the thing, man. <laughs> it's so stupid. Because in reality, what happened was she runs up on him. The security guy makes a standard move of putting out his left arm to say, get back. She smacks herself in the face. Oh, my gosh, I was Britney Spears. No one knew. She's all upset. Security guy goes to table. Hey, I'm sorry that it happened. Didn't know it was you, whatever. But, you know, you know how it is with fans. She says, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Everybody's cool. Well, the publicist sees the 15 minutes of fame opportunity here and does the big wah, wah, wah. And puts out the statement, all that, and it becomes a deal. It was. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events. You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Nothing. Should have been nothing. Still nothing. But it was a way for a has-been to get her 15 minutes of fame on TMZ because her publicist took advantage of a situation that was absolutely nothing. What made me the most angry about it is what if the roles were reversed and a 19-year-old African-American male runs up on Britney Spears the same way and the exact same thing happens and pushes him back, all of a sudden that security guard is a hero for protecting Britney from a madman. You know, she was way out of line, way out of line going up to him. I don't care who she is. You don't have the right to run up on somebody and touch them. If you're Britney Spears, it doesn't matter who you are. 
Because she was famous, that was cool? No. Also, why is she running up like a fan? Like Exactly. You, like you're Britney Spears. Who cares? It's and I don't want let's just move on. It's just <laughs> the whole thing was dumb. It was toxic. Stop. <laughs> Oops, I did it again. Anyway, oh, um God. <laughs> you've been you've been you stayed up all night writing these down. I, those are the only three songs I know. Um, well, if you really want to know more about um, Britney Spears, Don, her, no. mem- him, her memoir is coming out in October. So <clears throat> it, was anou- it was announced an hour Who ago. Who cares? <laughs> so anyway, let's get to the first game. Um, actually, let's get to a viewer question. We actually did have a viewer question about the Britney Spears stuff. But it was more about how it affected Wemby in his first It didn't game. affect him. So if you have... If you have like this huge, you saw the spectacle that it was. Sure, it was, it was huge. Cool. It, was it was massive. Really cool. It was massive. It was seventeen thousand people for a summer league game. That doesn't mean squat. No, the juice in the building, I said, was as good as anything I've seen since the 05 Spurs game seven. Absolutely. And so when you have something like this that happens the night before, or two nights before, and you're already kind of affecting your mindset going into this game, how do you think that did, if Nothing. any, play a role in in Wemby's performance on, on 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 Friday? None. Had nothing to do with it. Nothing, nothing to do with it. it. He didn't give it two two thoughts. Do you th- do the Spurs have players? I, this is something I don't know. Um, have people in place to deal with like sports psychology and all that stuff? Sports psychologists. Of I'm pretty sure they do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Most most organizations do nowadays. Yeah. Um, that but was, he's he's so so cool with who he is. He's he's so mature and knows the bigger picture. That didn't bother him a bit. Yeah, I figured. I figured not. And most organizations—that was part of the second part of the question—was that um, most organizations do have sports psychologists and all that stuff to help yeah. people get in the right we mindset. We knew that from the whole that. Josh Primo thing. Oh my god, I, I don't need. I, if I never hear that name ever again, I'm I, sure be they've too replaced soon. that one sports psychologist with another one. Hillary, yeah, I'm sure. Um, so let's get to the atmosphere in that building. It was. It was insane, and, and you were there, so I want to get to your to your take of it. But just watching on TV, I've never. It seemed like it was an NBA Finals game. It did. It it felt like that. It felt it the, the build up for it. Everything around it felt like an NBA Finals game. It felt more important than Game Six or Game Five against or with the Nuggets and the Heat. It if, was. It was as as energetic pregame as anything I've seen since Game 7 against the Pistons in 05 at the AT&T Center. And what helped, I guess, build that or uh, was the fact that the Rockets game before that kept dragging on. And it, and and, and, and uh, Jabari Smith Jr. Ended, ended really well. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the last 30 seconds took 20 minutes to play, and everybody was, you know, the celebrities were coming in, and, and I saw, those, you know, three of the Spurs ownership group, including Peter Holt, Peter John sitting courtside and Keldon and Devin and Jeremy Sohan and all the Spurs were there. And then, and then all the celebrities were there and all the NBA stars from other teams were there. The best thing about summer league is the whole lower bowl for the most part for all games is NBA people and the upper deck are fans. But you see every day GMs, scouts, coaches, assistant coaches, uh, filling up all the seats. It kind of reminds me of like um, uh, the NFL combine. combine. Yeah, it reminds yeah. me of the combine where everyone goes there and that's where they kind of yeah. shoot the crap and like meet yeah. up with each other and talk about their. That's exactly what it is. That's it's what con- it reminds me of. It's the NBA coaches convention, is what it is. Right. So let's get to the first his play in the first game. This is where you and I are probably going to disagree just a tad. Like I I don't buy too much into it. And like I said with Chuck on 
believe it was last Thursday or Wednesday or whenever we recorded, was um, these summer league games, just like preseason games, they don't, they don't count, but they matter. And so I think that his performance and like how he came out on Friday, it did matter a little Why? bit, just because it's it's showing, it's showing where he is right now. So no, because right now it shows, and I think you saw it again on Sunday when he played even better. Is that it's going to take an adjustment? It's going to take a while for him to get together with all of his teammates. Right now, he's not playing with the team he's going to play with all Correct. year. He's not. He's probably playing with two or three players that he'll play with all year long. So I think it is even more so tempering our expectations when we get to October, November, December, and they're he's, playing regular season games, he's, that he's not going to come out and jump off the page right away. He's going to be so much better uh, in the regular season than he was in this game. This was a – the way that scouts and coaches look at these games are glorified practices. And they're more for they're, – they're for two purposes. They want to see – how much stronger a guy like Malachi, Malachi Branham and 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 whether is and whether or not uh, Blake Wesley has gotten better with turnovers and whether he's more physical because he's put on 15 pounds. They're, so they're looking at the rotation players that are there, those three guys, uh, Champagny and, and Barlow too. But it's really for the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth guy who's not a roster guy. Do we give him a two-way? Does he play in Austin? Or you're watching the other teams. Is there a guy on the Rockets who are loaded with young talent who's not going to make their 15 that we might want to play in Austin? Exactly. They, it's like it's like they weren't games. they weren't they weren't judging Victor in any way, shape, or form at all because they just wanted him to get a run. They knew he he's had two practices. He after the game he said, "I didn't know what I was doing. He didn't know where to go. He didn't know where to set up. He didn't know what offense they were running." He's just out there getting a run. You it's did the fans and the media that, and the NBA that make it more than it is. But I'm just saying you did see some of the deficiencies in his game. He's trying to post up Brandon Miller. He can't move Brandon Miller because he Correct. doesn't have the weight under, on Correct. him yet. Like You see some of the things that he can't do yet and some Correct. of the things he needs to work that's on. That's true. That's true. That's, that's all I was saying is that you just – it gives everybody a little insight into what we've been saying for a little while. He's not a perfect player. He's not going to – did you notice in, in second game – they ran zero post-ups for him where he's going to dribble the ball five times and try to back somebody down. Mm -hmm. He's not – I mean – He's and not I don't, there yet. I don't think – but had, let me ask you this. Had game one happened and he tried zero post-ups, would you be saying he's not there yet? You wouldn't know because he hadn't tried. But we saw him hold the ball too long, lose the ball, look a little clumsy and fall down – make a bad decision when he tried to pound it six or seven times and back somebody down. Had he not done that, we wouldn't say, oh, he's got these deficiency. I mean, that's like saying a point guard has a deficiency dunking. Well, if he doesn't ever attempt a dunk, it's not a deficiency. We just know that he's not going to be this big Shaq post-up guy. Well, I, I, I also think that he showed – I mean, you can see the deficiencies in the second game as well. I mean, because he does – he dribbles it so high because he is so tall, it's going to get knocked away when he's dribbling through the lane. He, when he's driving from the wing to the elbow, it, he's going to have to be careful with where that ball goes because guys in the NBA are much better at grabbing the ball or picking sure. your pocket or taking your cookies sure. or whatever you want to say. I would say the way to characterize that, though, is he needs development. Yeah, just absolutely. like just like Tony Parker needed development, Kawhi Leonard needed development. 
I was noticing he's got a really good reverse spin dribble. He's quick with it, but it's way too high. And once they get him in the gym doing that 100 million times a day and perfecting the speed of the spin and where he wants to put the ball on when he, when he brings it around, that's going to be a much more quicker move and deadly move. And, and there's a lot of that where he needs to, where he needs to develop. But I wouldn't call it a deficiency. I mean, it's just the limitation on his game at the moment. Yeah, at the moment. And I mean, and it's not not saying he can't get there. He won't right, get right, there right. or anything. It's just that's where he is right now. Right. He's two hundred and forty five, two hundred and fifty pounds. Old. Yeah, he's a nineteen year old kid who's yeah. trying to back down grown men. Yeah. In there, I mean, which was actually surprising after after his second game and something he said. I'll get to in a second. But so then we get to Saturday. He turns down an event on Saturday night, which was. Once again, showing how mature he did the young two man is. That day. Yeah, he did another one earlier, a couple earlier that day. But once again, showing how mature he is and, and being like, I want my rest. Like, I'm, I didn't play my best on Friday. I want to get my rest Saturday so I can play better on Sunday. And he did. And the stat, the stat line showed it. The highlights showed it. His demeanor showed it. Everything showed how much better he was on Sunday as opposed to Friday night. Yeah, he why was do you, so much more comfortable. Why do you think that was? He was more comfortable. Was it was just because he had that the, all the fanfare and everything, the media hype out of the way. Maybe, maybe I think it was because after looking at some tape, they were able to say, okay, now, you know, it's just, it's just like the first time, you know, a 15 year old gets in a car and drives for the first time. And then the second time, okay, this is how the gas pedal works. And this is the brake. And he was just out there, you know, in a foreign situation. Uh, he said, you know, the court in the NBA is much more wide open. He had a better feel. Uh, he was just more comfortable. I don't. I, I wouldn't overanalyze it psychologically. He was just. He was just more comfortable. The ball went down a couple times. There's. There's times. There's every day, you know, when I'm a runner, so I go out and run, and there are about two minutes in, I know if I'm going to have a really good run, and feel good, my knees and my ankles and my joints and my breath. Or if it's going to be one of those days where I have to grind, and it and you never can predict when it is. You like I had a great day yesterday, so I'm going to have a great day today. No, he just had a bad day shooting mm-hmm. the ball, and I think it translated to some other stuff. I do think he was a little out of shape, and I think that's because uh, he's had so many distractions off the court. He played a lot more than I thought he was going to in both games. Yeah, he I played. Did too. I think he played. 27 minutes and 29 minutes or something like that. And that was way more than I thought he was going to get. Yeah, I think that's because they knew they were just going to play those two games. Yeah. He said something interesting after the second game about the physicality of it. You know, it's, first of all, the court is more open. Uh, It's going fast, but it's it's less physical. And uh, and I get fouled a lot, but not as much. (laughs) Nothing to compare. And, uh, yes, and people are... Like people are like, here, people like, players are just flying. You know, out, out there is more underground, pushing underground, big box outs. Here it's great athletes, the best in the world, more, way more talent, and uh, yeah. But uh, I like this better though. I didn't think that it was less physical. <laughs> I well, mean, you see in the in if you watch any of the highlights in FIBA or in the in the France league um, or French league, they're playing physical, but they play. They were getting physical with him on on Friday and on Sunday. I think it's who's getting physical, right? So he's used to playing against 30-year-old grown men 
who have a bigger base, who have 20 or 30 more pounds. Uh, this stuck out to me with every single team that I watched at Summer League, whether it was Detroit, Houston, San Antonio. They all look the same. The NBA is everybody is 6'8", and everybody is 19 years old. And it's uh, at Summer League. Yeah, and I was going to say at Summer League. And it was like I was sitting there standing next to Steve Kerr, and I said to Steve, I said, could you, I know the answer to this, but could you play today in your prime? No way. I wouldn't make a roster. Steve Nash may not make a roster. He was a two-time MVP not too long ago. Everybody is 6'8". Everybody plays space and, and pace. Yeah, four out. And everybody's 19 years old. And so I think Victor's used to playing a little bit slower pace. Uh, the court's s- smaller, and he's got grown 32-year-olds beating up on him. I think that's what he meant, way more mm-hmm. physical. Well, I just, I'm going to be interested to see how that first couple of games goes in October um, because I think his tune's going to change on that one when he's not playing 19-year-olds who just came out of college, who are high-flying, who are still Maybe, also yeah. learning the game. Yeah. When he goes up against... Uh, Jokic. Or yeah, I was going to say, when he goes up against Embiid Jokic or, or whoever... Yeah, I mean, if, even if when Draymond guards him for the first for time, sure. I feel like he's going to be like, yeah, maybe it is physical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think so. Uh, let's get to, on, on Saturday, it was also sandwiched in between all the, the games and all the hoopla out there was um, Pop's extension. Yeah, breaking news. Breaking news, uh, Pop's extension. We knew, which we all knew was coming, a, an extension at some point. I, I think we all figured that was coming, but... I was listening to a lot of the the people that were analyzing this, and I haven't been covering the Spurs nearly as long as you have, so you, you can speak to this better than I can, but I don't remember the last time the Spurs came out and announced the exact contract, made this big of a deal about it, sent, well, out, sent out all this stuff, and really were kind of this transparent when it comes to he's our coach, this is the contract, this is how much have. he's getting, and all that stuff. They have. They put out press releases before saying years they have never given money, and they didn't with this one either. That's a Woj thing. I assume it's correct. There's no way that they're going to let Monty Williams make more money. Pop's always been the highest-paid coach in the NBA in the last 10 years after Phil Jackson. Doc Rivers got a deal one time that beat him by a million dollars. Pop was making nine, and Doc got 10, so they gave Pop 11. And so when Monty gets 13, to go all the way to 16 was interesting. But I think there, I think there is a, a method uh, to it, and I think there's a reason for it. I think they wanted to make sure that Wemby knew that Pop was going to be there through his entire rookie deal. He's in charge, uh, and the and the franchise is on solid ground, and this is what we're doing, and and making a commitment to Pop to make a commitment to Wemby. I guess it just kind of felt very unspursian the way that the way that they announced it and the way that they were so kind of open and and being like it's almost like using the media to tell Wemby what he already knows, which he is knew. that which is that spot which is that Pop's here for you, yeah. but making sure everyone knows like Pop and Wemby are here to stay and we are building something. I wouldn't make too much of it because they've done it before. His last co- contract, whenever he got an extension, they probably put the years on there. Uh, I just, I think everybody made a, a big deal out of it because Woj reported the money. Um, but look, 
uh, it's not surprising at all. And and to me, anyway, I knew it was coming. I, I spoke with him at Red McCombs' funeral, and he was like, he was like, Donnie, what am I going to do, play golf? I hate golf. So we knew he was coming back. You can go live in Spain and just drink a bunch of wine all the time. Everybody wants to, and, and I've got some stuff, I put some stuff in the can for, for next month when he goes into the Hall of Fame, and I, I spoke with a lot of guys uh, while we were out there. I, Steve Kerr, Will Hardy, Mike Brown, Alvin Gentry, some others that none of them think this guy's going to slow down anytime soon. And they're all to to a man. They all said, "What is this narrative in San Antonio now?" Like, people were saying, "Oh, you know, when's Bob going to retire? You know, he's getting up there. He well, he doesn't have to work. He's made so much money, and he likes to drink wine." No, the guy loves coaching basketball. He's making a ton of money. Why would you walk away from that? I got uh, the the thought that you played or the soundbite that you played on uh, Sunday with Will Hardy. I got that right here. Okay. Let's let's listen to Will Hardy, the uh, head coach of the Utah Jazz, former Spurs assistant, and then uh, Wemby's sound is right after. So you'll hear the Will Hardy first, and then Wemby after. He's a uh, he's one of a kind. Uh, I think those of us that are fortunate to have been around him, it's. He's a great coach, but he's a, uh, a far more unique and amazing person. There's been this uh, kind of undercurrent storyline out there that Pop's going to retire or when's he going to retire. I feel like people have been asking that forever. Um, I stopped worrying about that a long time ago. Uh, he's, he's got tremendous energy. He takes really good care of himself. He loves basketball. He loves being in the gym. He loves coaching. Um, so I'm for sure not going to try to predict whenever he's going to stop. But the extension obviously signals to a lot of us that he doesn't intend to slow down soon. Of course, it's it's just another sign from, from him and from the franchise that they care about the project. There's something uh, something great going on, starting. And uh, yeah, it just, you know, we... We kind of knew it was going to happen, but now it's, you know, let's get it rolling. It's, uh, we, we can get started now. I don't know why it is that people try and put people um, that are at the tail ends of their career out to pasture so soon. We did it with Tom Brady. We did it with Don Nelson back in the day. Everybody tries to put him out to pasture. I mean, it, we do it with Mike Krzyzewski. Everyone's asking, when are you retiring? When are you retiring? Why don't we just enjoy them in the moment? Yeah. Why don't we enjoy LeBron going into his 21st year? Why don't we enjoy these people watching the greats of all time play for us and coach for us while they're still here? And then when they retire, let's herald, let's Why? let's praise them when they do. Yeah. You know? I, I, I've said this for five years now. I don't know when Pop is going to retire, but whenever he does, I will be shocked. Five years from now when he retires, I will be shocked. I will be expecting him to sign another five-year extension. He'll be, what, 82? Doesn't matter. Uh, how old? He's 100. When he retires, I'll <laughs> say, oh, I thought he was going to go another year or two. What are the odds that you think he doesn't finish the contract on the sidelines? Because, correct, <sighs> correct me if I'm wrong, but he's the president of basketball yeah. operations as well. I've and thought about this. I, I think it's 70-30 he coaches all five years. Hmm. Other people are saying just the opposite, 30-70. I mean, I, I don't know Pop. I've never met him. Never talked to him a day in my life. But I would put it at like a 50-50 shot. Maybe. It depend, I think it depends on how the four years play out. Because if anything, I think he'll go four years and then maybe up to the office for one. But when you're on the sidelines for that long, you, you saw it with Pat Riley. You saw it with a lot of former coaches. 
it's hard to transition to a hands-off role up and go up into the office. Yeah. It's hard to make well, that jump from the sidelines to the office. And it, but Papa has, been, has always been very good at delegating. He's he lets let for many years RC run the basketball. Now they all answered to Pop, and Pop to this day is the final decision maker on everything. But for years he gave. RC and Sam Presti, the ability to be the GMs and pick the, whether or not they were going to draft Tony Parker or whatever. Then RC did a good job of delegating the basketball side to Brian when RC moved up into the pre, as president. So I, I can see Pop being comfortable with, with being hands-off, but I, I don't think he's gone in five years from the organization in any way. I, I don't think, think so he, either. He thinks he's with the organization as long as he wants. Like why, the guy why, just why had four, he? what, 21 seasons, and he got the greatest deal in coaching. Who does that? Who? Any other coach is fired. Monty Williams was fired after being coach of the year. There's, a, there's the, been a lot of coaches that's happened to. George Carl that happened to as well. Monty Williams was coach of the year two out of the last four years and had the winningest record one year and went to the NBA Finals in the last four years and got fired in Phoenix. Pop. Hasn't made the playoffs in four years. Wins twenty games and gets the richest deal. In He's one coaching. of a kind. He's one of a kind. Yeah, he writes so, his own ticket, man. He deserves it. Two other things I want to get to the what I'm going to call the Wemby effect is he was the most watched summer league ever with average viewing. It's two hundred fifty six thousand average views for the, for the summer league. How do you expect that to transition and, and translate to Spurs this year? Ticket sales, we've already seen ticket sales going through the roof. What do you think this year is going to be like if the Summer League was any indication? I think it'll be similar, if not a little more, than what we saw with Zion in New Orleans, which is a lot of national TV dates, not Lakers, not Bucks, not Celtics, not Heat attention, but close because of the small market and because they're going to be a 30-42 win team. But the beginning of the season, you know, they'll play on the big opening nights. They may get a Christmas Day game, those kind of things. I would be surprised if they didn't play on Christmas. Yeah. Um, and last thing, as expected, Wemby shut down for the rest of the summer league. You asked him after the game kind of how We knew that, by the way, on draft night. Yeah, we knew, we knew he was, if anything, he was going to play two games. Yeah. And we didn't know how much he would play, but we figured he would play two games. I mean, like I said a couple weeks ago, you look at the NBA, uh, the, the broadcast schedule, and you had the first two games on ESPN, the other ones are on NBA TV. Probably a good indication when Wemby's yeah. going to play or not. Yeah. So we figured he was going to be done. And so now we're kind of in a Wemby-less time, I guess, for the next month, month and a half. So let's hear from Wemby after the game um, on Sunday about what you asked him about how happy he is that this is kind of over and, and we can get back to getting into basketball. Well, I'll tell you what his agent said after that. And then um, – he also said what he's gonna that he might just disappear for a little bit. So let's hear that. Buna told me tonight, in fact, that you told him, "I just want to get back to playing basketball." Are you glad now that with these all this over, that that that's what you can concentrate on? Yeah, yeah. It's you know, late in the past month, uh, I, don't, I think basketball wasn't even fifty percent of my schedule. That was you know, I, I can't stand it. I know it's a, it's it's a special moment in my life, but it's. I'm glad it's over. Honestly, it's I just want to hoop. I just want to work out, lift, and because uh, this is my life, 
obviously everyone i mean every first big got to go through this but uh yeah it just just make me makes me better for the future you know uh i know i got to i got to talk with pop uh, i'm going to listen to what he's got to say but i'm ready to i'm ready to make any sacrifice for the team and uh give 100% and um yeah i'm just i'm just going to i need to sit down with this person to 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 know what the the next months are going to be like when to when to go on vacation when to start back working out where i'm going to practice in san antonio somewhere else and uh yeah i, I just know we got as i'm not playing in the world cup we got two to three months two to three great months going that are, that are coming and they're going to they're going to change my life i'm probably going to disappear from the media for for next month honestly the spurs have a plan they always do they're going to work with him and his team they know the kids exhausted that was, they knew that he was going to be exhausted in advance but now that they're through it they can see that this kid needs a break with everything that he's had to do since the draft and before that playing in France they will figure out okay go on a yacht and go to the south of France and be with your girlfriend and your parents or whoever for a couple of weeks he'll either work out at the practice facility because the new one's not ready he will work with Brett Brown and the development staff or or if he says look I got to get back to France to do some things they'll send five guys there and they will work out there wherever he wants I would think it's going to be in San Antonio he's going to find a place to live here and he's going to get in the gym with a practice plan of development on working on some of those things that we talked about because this kid wants to be great. And by the time training camp opens in September, uh, he's going to be so, you know, I think, I think he might be five, 10 pounds bigger. I think he'll be rested. I think he's going to play a lot of open gym with Jeremy and, Devin and Keldon and those guys—they always start to get to, to get together in August. They're already pl- they're already hooping now. It's taking a break because of summer league, but yeah, man, I think he's just gonna do all those things he said. He's gonna vacation. He's gotta find a house. He's gotta move. He's gotta do all this stuff, and then he's gonna get he, every day. He's gonna have a. He's gonna be training, lifting. I can't imagine stretching. I can't imagine how how these last couple of weeks and this last month and a half, even since the lottery, has been for him. When it's a kid that just, he, first of all, it's a kid. He's yeah. 19 years old. Yeah. And he just got put through the ringer when it comes to yeah. media availability and getting drafted and moving and going to the here and going there and doing this and throwing up the first pitch in Yankee Stadium and playing the finals and yeah. doing all these things. Like, I like to go home and have a beer at the end of the night and, like, sit on my couch and watch TV. He has, I don't even think he's done that. Like, he can't even have a second to breathe. He should go to a beach somewhere and lay on a beach. And just disappear. For f- at least a week. Yeah, he just needs to decompress. Yeah, for sure. Like, everything that he's been put through, everything that he's done, is, is it's been a zoo. And so I can't imagine what he's, what he's gone through and all that stuff. So anyone that wants to, I don't know, bash him for wanting to take a little bit off, I don't think you should. Oh, and I, don't think, and I think that nuts. would be insane. That's nuts. That's what they're all doing now. Yeah, I mean, everyone needs a little bit of time off, but... Uh, that being said, the last time that's probably the last time we're going to hear from Wemby for I would say until the end of August, early September at yeah. least. Yeah. 
So uh, might see him in a commercial. Maybe in a commercial here or there, and uh, we'll probably see him uh, around. Maybe we'll see him around San Antonio, but we, you never know. Um, that's it for this episode. Going forward, we're going to have a little bit less Wemby, a little bit more Cowboys, a little bit more high school football. Training camp's coming up. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Zach Hedrick's going to be heading out there. We're going to hear from hear from all of them, and we got our classic uh, Cowboys training camp, our yearly tra- Cowboys training camp um, segments and all that stuff coming oh, yeah. up. So really excited for that. Next week, it's uh, Don and Chuck both going to be off on the pod, but you know we'll all we'll all get back together soon. Chuck and I are going to be here on Thursday discussing the MLB All-Star Game, the Cowboys training camp, and uh, a lot of stuff like that. So a quick reminder, you can get this podcast wherever you can get your podcast and on YouTube. YouTube version has some video elements that add to the viewing pleasure. Please dis- download, subscribe, rate, review, unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review. Helps us out a lot. Um, just like before when we gave that uh, the viewer question, if you submit any questions to us, I'll make sure to get them on the pod. Uh, we will see you Thursday. Some all-star break recap looking ahead to the second half of the Major League Baseball season because that's what Chuck loves to do and talk about some San Antonio kids like Josh Young, Jace Young, and all those guys. So Which Travis Daly just got picked today. Yep. Uh, we got a, got a lot of things going on even though it's mid-July. Golly, so. I haven't had a summer like this. I don't know how long. <laughs> you know, it keeps you young, Don. Keeps been you Brooklyn, young. Brooklyn, been to Vegas. Here we go. You're going to Springfield Mass next month too. That's right, man. Hall of Fame. That's going to be fun. But anyway, that's it for the Sneakers and Cleese podcast, episode six. We'll see you right back here on Thursday.